G'day, g'day. Welcome back. It's your boy, the captain of the ship, the man in charge. My parents called me Bradley J. Driver, but you can call me Brad, and I'm pumped to be here. You will have noticed, this is a little rebrand. This is the first time. Studio kind of looks the same for the moment if you're watching this, um, but all the branding looks a little bit different. Things are happening. We're evolving. We're making moves. And when I say we, no, I don't have a team. It's only me. But that's beside the point because I'm pumped to be here today. And let me tell you, we've got a lot to talk about. Today's guest is an amazing content creator. She calls herself the Bogan Margot Robbie. (laughs) And we're going to talk about those Bogan mannerisms today, the things that we've vibed off because our personalities are so similar. So from your home, your car or wherever you are, give a very warm welcome to the one, the only star. How are you, Star? Drumroll, please. I'm great. How are you? I'm really good. It's nice to be here. I think we've spoken about this for a little bit now. Um, I think originally we may have connected over one of my podcasts, which is cool. Yeah, I think you had Blake Pavey on yeah, the pod. Yeah, Blake's a legend. Yeah, and a fellow TikToker, um, if that's even a word. And then yeah, I think I slid into your DMs after that. And I yeah. was like, mate, love your work. Keep it up. And here we are. Which is, you know always really nice it's always great to be appreciated by other people who make content i think sometimes people don't think that there's any stress involved with this or <clears throat> excuse me i want a bit george clooney on you <laughs> um, just gonna take things down yeah, a notch. just take it down get a little bit moody but yeah it's just like when someone in the content space commends you for your work and they vibe with it and they enjoy it it's a good feeling and i'm sure you have those feelings too and it's exciting watching you connect with so many people and do your thing. You've got a great little TikTok audience. You've got a great audience on Insta too. And your personality is something that I vibe with. Like I am a bit of an Aussie bogan. Yeah. And you kind of own that tagline. So talk about where that all began. Oh, where did it all begin? Um, well, the tagline bogan Margot Robbie I actually got a comment from one of my followers saying that on my video and I was like, this is hilarious. I'm yeah. going to take this and I'm putting it in my bio. I'm just going to run with it. But prior to that, I guess I was genuinely just showing up online as myself and I'm a bit of a bogan. I've got no idea what I'm doing in my life. I just pick up my camera and I'm like, hey, this really fucked thing happened to me and I think it's funny. So let's talk about it. And um, I don't know, I think like that's really allowed me to build a very, um, I guess, genuine audience who are there yeah. for me. They're not just there for, you know, for the whole Margot Robbie thing. Personally, I think that is the least interesting thing about me. I've got so many more things to bring to the table, like, you know, saying fuck and other words like that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I had to ask before I came on the pod if I was allowed to swear. There could be some language here today. So <laughs> for any of the kidlets who have somehow found this podcast. Get out. Um, get out or just ask mom and dad. Or just don't, <laughs> I was going to say don't tell mom and dad. Definitely tell mom and dad. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, we're not trying to cause any issues here with the new rebrand and the new season. Season two, by the way. Um, excited to be here. But let's talk about that. Like we spoke about just then, someone that I know in the content space who does comedy. And I feel like COVID was really a time that brought out everyone's personality and allowed everyone an opportunity to, they were on their phones a little bit more. Mm-hmm. For Whether that's for great reasons or terrible reasons, some people have needed a detox post-COVID. But it's definitely around that time that we connected. Yeah. And was that for you the beginning of TikTok? For me, it was a little bit before then. It was probably like January of 2020. Yeah. Or 2020. Um, I just kind of like dabbled in TikTok a little bit. I'd always done Instagram, like meaning I just always did stupid stories of just sharing mm everyday woes of my life and then everyone said to me like you've got to get on tiktok like this is a platform for you and at first i was like oh no it's for kids and i don't dance i'm literally not going on this so plovo but then i went on and next thing you know i was in a two-hour tiktok tiktok black hole it's just it sucked me in and i was like okay i think it's time i'm gonna make my first video and it's so funny like looking back on the first video i made it was in no way a format that works with tiktok but i thought it was the most hilarious thing ever and i was like fuck yes this is amazing but nothing came of it so i was just like yeah whatever i just enjoyed watching the videos and whenever i found trends that were funny um i was like oh maybe i'll give that a go um and then 
things like slowly started to grow over the next couple of months but then yeah definitely during covid it picked up again like you said people are on their phones a lot more that yeah. was a way that everybody wanted to consume content like we we're all going through a really shitty time with everything that was happening in the world and that's like a form of escape and it certainly it is. is for me like as a creator as well that's an outlet for me where i can just be silly be funny like if i want to do a dress up i can do that if i want to cook like the good thing about it is that it's so versatile and you can make it whatever you want it to be so yeah covid was good for me in terms of um being a creator and just really probably defining who i want to be online which is myself that sounds so lame but it's so true like but people it is, yeah. really connect with authenticity and that's what i, I like agree. about a platform like tiktok on instagram everything's quite curated filtered people are showing you only what they want you to see of their life. Whereas on TikTok, like I said before, you pick up the camera and you're like, fuck, you know, a bird just shut on my face and you look like absolute crap. That's gonna be the video that goes viral over something mm. that you put five hours of effort into, you know? People 100%. really just wanna see you in your most natural form because we're all human and we all have these same crappy experiences. So, yeah. You know what, I'll, I'll roll off the back of two things you said there. Just that there, that like, the video that is raw and very you and very in the moment is what does the best. And a lot of the content for me on TikTok, that is not that I'm getting like the numbers that you're getting, but just when I put, I basically mimic what I put on Instagram goes on TikTok if it's a video. And there were a couple of videos just from a marathon last year that were really like raw and you could see the emotion and like the passion from everyone in that group. And one of them was actually a bird shitting on my chest as oh I ran towards. <laughs> Yeah, as I ran towards the finish line, which was so funny because I was like, everyone's watching me run home. And you know how they say when a bird shits on you, it's good luck. Yeah. I was like, well, fucking too late. I've got 100 metres to go. That would have been nice five, six k's ago. Where were you, bird, you little fuck? <laughs> you little fucker. Um, but yeah, it's just like those videos for me and one that was just like someone right behind me or the boys screaming in my ear for the last k. It's the stuff that performs the best because people connect with, like you said, authenticity. And this is point number two. You know, I love words of wisdom. I listened to a podcast the other day with a guy by the name of Ben Crow. He was on the Imperfects podcast. And he spoke about that as human beings, the one thing we bond over more than anything is our imperfections. Mm -hmm. And I so believe that. And we spoke about the rebrand of this show and the direction that I'm now heading in with this, which is really to speak to people in their 20s about the challenges that we all face and whilst they're unique for every one of us they have so many similarities and and we should be able to connect on that and i hope that's what we can do when we talk and you know i get these guests and i get guests like star where we can dive into what it's like to be in your 20s and the pressures that come with it and all of the laughs that come along the way so i'm really interested to hear you're 26 what's 20s like for you 20s for me have been incredible so far. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of self-discovery and self, self-growth. self I think now that I'm heading into the later part of my 20s, everybody thinks that, you know, heading towards 30 is such a daunting age. Like we were just talking about mm. off mic. Um, there's so much pressure about where you should be in your life. And I hate that we in general spend so much time worrying about the future if you spend all your time worrying about the future it's going to take away from what's happening right now and that's something that i really try to implement into my everyday life like you know yeah. who cares what happens tomorrow you don't you have no fucking idea what's going to happen tomorrow like let's just focus on the now and be present in our experiences with the people that we love and have form really genuine connections mm. and have stimulating conversations like this um but aside from that, um, what else is happening in my 20s? I guess pre-COVID, everything was pretty different. We could travel and everything like that. And I did a little bit of that. Went to Europe, did the whole uh, European party trip. I've well and truly hung on my party boots now because I think I'm too old. Legit, like I used to go out three nights a week and I'd be like, yeah, this is sick. See, I've never I've never experienced that because I don't drink. Really? I don't drink at oh, all. that's gold. So, like, if I go out, I still wake up pretty fresh the yeah, next day. just a bit tired. Like, far fresher than all of my mates do, just yeah. tired. But I feel like 25's hit me for a fucking <laughs> six because I'm like, like, this last week, and by the way, shout out to fucking Vin Diesel and the whole Sons of Anarchy crew for driving. <laughs> We've got the window open for some fresh air in here. It's a nice natural light, and I swear to God, every time I do that, the fucking Fast and Furious crew drive past. <laughs> the boys are here. I know, no, the boys are here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, the last week, 
being tired and fatigued has hit me for a six. Mm. And I think it's because we, we talk about like the stresses of 20s, just selling my house and having like that stress over your head. Yeah. Having it finally sold has been like this release of like, mm. well, I'm not in survival mode anymore. Yeah, the adrenaline's and gone. Exactly. And it's just like, holy shit, adrenaline's plummeted. And I think just like I've actually had a minute to like absorb the stress yeah, and not just keep charging forward to survive. So yeah. 20s is a funny age. There's so much happening and it sounds like yours have been relatively good so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a house that I've ever sold. Um, I own an Opal card. That's probably the most exciting thing. That's that I nice. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I've had one do so many times. Do you have Opal times. in Wollongong? We do, okay. but I continue to lose it. Yeah. So anything like that, I'm, I'm pretty terrible with. I sound like such a wanker. I'm literally from Sydney, but I'm like, do you yeah. have Opal here? Like, yeah, do you have Opal Do I get my the, uh, the passport stamped? Where do yeah. I do that? Yeah. I'm in the gong. Um, yeah, but I actually just moved house literally on the yes, weekend. which we spoke about. Oh my God, it was fucked. Sorry. Um, moving house, I feel like I always tell myself it's not going to be that bad. Look, to be honest, it wasn't really that bad. It's just really, really stressful. And like that kind of ties into what you were just saying about how the stress catches up with you. And... I just think whether you're moving house or whatever you're fucking doing, just you can't control a lot of the things that are mm. going to go wrong. Like, you know, maybe your removal list is going to show up four hours late, which is literally what happened to me. And I was just like, oh my God. They but, always do. They've got no oh shame. Oh my hey. God, I know. I'm like, I am going to write you a bad Google review, but I also feel bad because maybe they yeah. were having like a really shitty day. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, moving house kind of sucks, but I'm really excited to be in a new space, um, especially creatively as well you know sometimes you can get a little bit blocked and you feel a little bit claustrophobic especially with something like tiktok like i'm literally just making videos in my room and it's very like oh these four balls are all that i see and so like with everything else that's happening in my life at the moment which we'll get to you already know you already know the tea but i'm just like why not just make all of these big changes to make sure that I can live my best life possible and be as happy as possible. So yes, moving was very, very stressful, but now I'm kind of on the other side of that. And like I set up my room, everything looks so good. My new housemate has a little sausage dog and she's just the biggest fucking legend. She's so cute. That's amazing. But so needy. I was working on my laptop yesterday and I was like, had it on my lap, obviously. And she just comes along, like pushes it out of the way and sits there. And I'm like, I don't understand how this is going to work, but like, I feel loved. So it's You know what? It's actually nice when your dog's a little bit needy. You get yeah. a, you get annoyed with it sometimes, but I've not had my dog at home for like a week now. So I live with my dad, his partner, and my dog child, Hunter. Dog and child. they've gone caravanning across the country. Aww. They're gone for five weeks. So I love them. Like I get on really good with my family, super tight with them, and I love my little dog to bits. And it's it's sad because I'm missing him, but at the same point in time, like my life is really like maybe two, three hours before I go to bed at home and like an hour in the morning while I have brekkie and get ready to come in here. So I'm like, it would have been slack for him to be at home while I'm doing all this and everyone else is away. So he's a little travel dog at the moment. That's so cute. I posted a photo of him on my story the other day in the caravan with a turtleneck on. (gasps) Oh my God, I love that so much. And everyone was like, fuck, that is such a vibe. Like he's just living the life. There's something about dogs wearing human clothes that just makes me so happy. And wait, what's the dog's name? Hunter. Hunter. And dogs with human names. That's fucking great. My Mm. friend had a dog called Dave and I'm like, I love Dave so much. My cousin had turtles, Jeffrey and I think David. My sister used to have turtles. They were Cecil and Franklin. Yeah, great. Yeah, turtles. I feel like there's a human connection with them already. <laughs> I don't have a dog, but one of my life goals is to get a golden retriever. Dogs are amazing. Oh, like, I, I feel know. like they, like, it, it is true they are man's best friend. Like, they never let you down. They're always happy to see you. Yeah. They're always like, they never forget you. Once they know you and they love you, they never forget oh, you. It's just the best feeling. And, like, this is going to sound super weird, but when I see a golden retriever, it's like a really good omen for me. Like, if I'm having a really shitty day, yeah. say my removalist fuck off and don't show up, if yeah. I see a golden retriever, I'm like, instantly feel Lift happy. spirits. So imagine when I actually have one in my house. It's going to be amazing. I am a massive Ricky Gervais fan. Yeah. Have you seen his latest TV show, Afterlife? No, I haven't watched it, but Incredible. I've heard it's amazing. And it, it really touches on like the importance, like his dog in the beginning of the show keeps him alive. Yeah. Stops him from killing himself because he's like, if I commit suicide, who's going to feed my dog? Yeah. And he's like, I couldn't do that to my dog. And it's, it's so true. They're amazing. But let's move on for dogs. Otherwise, <laughs> this will turn into an RSPCA podcast. <laughs> Um, shout out to the RSPCA. Amazing people. <laughs> amazing people. But let's talk about like what makes up 
the life of Star because you are, we're very similar in a lot of ways. Like we both make content. We've got in ways sort of similar backgrounds of work. Like mm-hmm. you're in the marketing space. I was in the sales space. They intertwine so much. But you love your fitness. You yeah. love your health. And I love how adamant you are about just being yourself in that space and like not allowing judgment or anyone else's opinion to overcome you, which is something that I spoke about with my mates this morning. We were talking about, I said like, it's funny to me and it still happens to me. So I could be a little bit of a hypocrite in saying this, but it is really funny how in life, I feel like whilst we know this for sure and certain that we will be dead and gone one day, we still allow allow ourselves to almost feel like we've signed this contract with life that we can't remove ourselves from any of the toxic things Mm. that we can't allow ourselves to really truly be who we are because of life expectations societal views and I'm really working my ass off to get out of that and I'm pretty good with that yeah compared to what probably most are and I think this helps like doing content helps because you've got to shed that skin pretty early to make it through But it's something you're amazing at. But I can imagine it takes a toll still when you cop criticism and you have to mentally prepare yourself for that and address that every time it comes by. So let's talk about fitness, being yourself, and all of those things. It's just a whole heap of topics that I've just shot at you there. Oh, no, no worries. Um, Okay, let's start with fitness. So I do powerlifting. Yes, it's part of my identity. Um, So my boyfriend, Matt, is like a state... Champion, no, he's like a state powerlifter. I can't say champion because he's a bit of a gun trainer, too, isn't he? Yeah, oh my god, he's an exercise physiologist. He is the most incredible human ever, um, besides the two of us, clearly. Um, so Matt's up there. (laughs) Shout out to Matt Reigns. I've been doing powerlifting for just over a year now, and prior to that, I guess I was just kind of training in the gym, not really any structure, and more so training for aesthetics back in the day. Like I was very, very focused on the way that I looked and like I was always trying to work towards like a certain body shape or whatever, which is you're fighting a losing battle if you're doing that, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, So then Matt and I started dating and I got into powerlifting. I'd always seen people do it on like Instagram. I followed a couple of like big female powerlifters and I was like, wow, this is so sick. Like these, these women are so strong and I was always really drawn to it, but I didn't know why. Um, And I guess mentally I was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that. I'm never going to be strong enough. Like, and it's kind of just what you were saying. You're kind of up against a a big monster all the time that you've got to push back at because what's on the other side of that monster, I don't know where this is coming from, is it's fucking amazing. Like you never know. Like that's kind of the brink of your comfort zone. And once you get out of it, dude, it's sick. Anyway, so started doing powerlifting. um, And just before COVID, I started prepping for a comp. And the way powerlifting comps work, it has absolutely nothing to do with the way that you look, which for me has been the biggest transformation for me mentally, especially because I went from like, oh, I'm going to like look at myself in the mirror to look at like my butt. But now I'm just like, I just want to be, <coughs> oh, bless, no, Sorry, bless COVID. you, rubber tussin. Is that, COVID, is that what you say? COVID, <laughs> One of them. One of the many. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm Look, alive. I'll just say bless you and it covers the next knees. Um, yeah. So then going to powerlifting, which is all about your performance. And that was the first time I'd ever had a goal to work towards. I was like, I never focus on lifting a certain number. It's more so about the journey for me. Yeah. Um, and I came from having like a bit of a back injury as well. So I literally started from nothing and have mm. worked my way up over time and like mental resilience it's definitely helped um, like my resilience in the gym. I sound like a fucking wanker all the time. <laughs> my resilience in the gym um, has then kind of, I guess, transported itself to other factors of my life. And it's funny you say that because it's literally, you know how I said I was running with my mates this morning. Yeah. We had this conversation. Finding something that physically stresses you is something that, you know, I think it doesn't matter who you are. Like if your goal is to look good, amazing, like good for you. If that comes from a place of you wanting to be your best self, I think that's amazing. But whatever it is that you do for health and fitness, and I think everyone should have that part yeah. of their life. They should have some form of physical stress and strain within their week. Because I honestly believe in conquering that, you conquer everything else in your life. Yeah, It is such a paramount part of who we are as humans. Like... From our beginnings, it's what we've done. It's like we, we hunted, we gathered, we ran, we survived. And I think whilst we live in a very cosy world, it's easy to forget that. Yeah. So I think that physical stress is super important. And I do want to say before you continue to roll on, 
you spoke about like you in your earlier years of training being all about how good you looked. It definitely can't be as embarrassing though as me at 16 in a stringer at the fucking gym. Oh no. Thinking I looked jacked as. I love looking back at those photos and I'm like, you were the biggest fucking tosser. Do you get haunted by Facebook memories? A little bit, a little bit. And like there was actually a photo of, I remember looking back at it now, like I used to play a bit of school footy. And I used to, at the time, think, fuck, my legs are pretty big, eh? Like, my legs are pretty solid. <laughs> like, I've got some quads on me. And looking back now at those um, those photos, I'm like, the <laughs> wind would have fucking snapped me in half. <laughs> I'm like, you are a stick, mate. Get your head out of the clouds. Look, I think hindsight is a wonderful thing. It is, and isn't I- it? as well I cringe when I see any old photos of me like you say your legs would have blown away in the wind my fucking eyebrows if you saw them okay let's just go back to like 2008 when I was in high school and thin eyebrows that was all the rage I've got a funny story about eyebrows yeah so I go into my bathroom and I find my older sister's tweezers and I'm like yeah fuck yeah I'm gonna take these for a spin I plucked my eyebrows like halfway back and it was not like I've been in eyebrow rehab for almost 10 years now like it takes a long time to get to a point of having beautiful voluptuous eyebrows like I do now that's why when the girl from the cafe just came in before I was like sis your eyebrows are freaking amazing so your eyebrows are also amazing just so you know okay so it's funny I've got a funny story about that I was in Rome with my dad and my sister and my hair was getting a little bit scruffy. Like I've got, when my hair gets really long, it goes super curly. Like mm-hmm. it turns into a bit of a mop. And we're in Rome. We're out for dinner. I'm like, I think I was 18, 17, 18. And was I? Yeah, I was 18. And we're sitting at dinner and we asked one of the waiters to take a photo of us. And the waiter, he was a really funny, I think he actually owned the restaurant, really funny Italian dude, heaps of personality. He goes, I go, oh man, my hair looks terrible. And he goes, yeah, get a haircut, man. Like, and we were sort of having a Banter. joke and having a laugh and just good bands, good bands with an Italian man in the streets. And I was like, you know, daddy's right. I need a haircut. So dad goes, well, after dinner, why don't we find a barber in Rome? Everything's still open and get a haircut. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. So we walk around and we find this barber. And I don't know if anyone's ever been to Rome, but there's heaps of like, there's heaps of Middle Eastern people and African people that work in those jobs. And I think they will just come over and start businesses. And it tends to be particularly in places like the capital cities of each country, yep. like Rome or Paris. And we went to this barbershop. And because of that, there was almost like two language barriers where most of the Italians there know English because it's their second language. But most of these people, Italians are second language. Their main language is from where they're originally from, whether it be... I think these people were maybe like Middle Eastern. So like Eng- English is almost, I was like English, English is almost <laughs> like a, a fucking, I need a third coffee. <laughs> almost like a third language to them. So I walked in, they said, what do you want? And I said, I'll oh, just like short back and sides Uh-oh. before I knew about a fade and um, just a little bit off the top, tiny bit. And they're like, yeah, no worries. So I sit in the chair and I go, how much? And they go, 25 euro and we're like just 25 euro and they're like yeah and we're like amazing so sit down in the chair my dad and my sister are there playing around with a new camera we've just bought for the family trip as you do shout out to Kodak um <laughs> they're taking some photos and the guy just like he's shaving the back of my head I can see my dad and my sister like laughing in the reflection of the oh mirror <laughs> and they're like it's short and I'm like how short and then I see him go on the sides and I'm like holy fuck, like there is literally no hair there. Like he's gone full like we're sending this bloke to fucking World War Three. <laughs> Just go full jarhead on me, right? And I'm like, fuck, that's so short. So I'm like, oh yeah, like make sure you don't take too much off the top because I'm like, I can't tell him to stop. He's already gone for it, you know what I mean? So I'm like, I can't half finish a haircut. It's gonna, the same result is going to be wherever. So then he starts taking a bit off the top and he's not too bad with the top, right? And then he goes, oh, um, I'll, I'll shave. And I was like, no, I don't have a beard. Like my beard at the best of days is like, I look like a Chinese rice farmer. It's just not a vibe. So I'm like, it's so wispy that I'm like, I can do that myself. Yeah, exactly. And, and he goes, oh no, it's okay. And I'm like, no, we're only paying 25 euro. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, okay. So he starts shaving my beard with a cutthroat. And so he's like, oh, close your eyes, lay back. 
So he shaved my beard and then all of a sudden I like feel him shaving my forehead. No. And he's like, I look and he's like fucking taking the top half of my eyebrows oh off. Oh my God. And shaved my forehead. I'm like, mate, there was no hair on my forehead, but fuck, it's going to start growing now. Because once you start shaving, oh that motherfucker's going to grow. So it got to the point where I was like, I had the skinniest eyebrows. <laughs> I was so white. My hair was matching. Yeah, I was like, my, my hair was quite like light at the time because we'd been in the sun and my hair changes color heaps. And I was, I fucking look like Ellen DeGeneres because oh I was a God. skinny 18 year old dude. And I was like, fuck, this is so embarrassing. So I had where I'd had a tan, I had like no tan where he'd taken my eyebrows. So I just looked <laughs> fucking disgusting for every one of the photos. So when this episode goes live, can we please have an Ellen DeGeneres photo go up on yes, the stories or something? Next to me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'll try to track down one of the photos. Yeah. I'm sure go, go into your Facebook archives. Yeah. It'll be there. It'll be there. The people need to see this. I need to see this. They do. They do. I thought I was a bit of a rig then too. I wasn't. <laughs> you look at the beach shots and I'm like, fuck, you just need to get your hair out of the clouds, bro. But yeah, but yeah, I get the feeling. I get the yeah. vibe. Long story short, I know what it feels like to have skinny eyebrows. <laughs> we got there. Where mine now are quite, they're quite thick. Yeah, they're they quite are. Luscious. They're thick. You could do a little soap so, eyebrow trend where you brush up the hairs. Brush up. You know, I, I've got to admit, I've got to admit here, maybe this is a little bit weird to admit, but. I give them a little comb in the mornings. That's good. They get a little bit, you know, you sleep at night, you rustle around a little bit. Yeah, they get they a little They kind of come down like curtains over your <laughs> eyes when they're this thick. So I'm like, you need to keep the caterpillars in check. Yeah, they get just, a little bit, how you going? Just a little Yeah, just a little comb. Whoosh, whoosh. And when I had blonde hair, they, they stood out so much. It honestly looked like I had just two black caterpillars above oh, my eyes. It's very 90s vibes, I feel. The yes. bleached eyebrows. The, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't bleach mine. <laughs> I was just like, I just need to bleach my hair. Yeah. And, but they stood out like. That was all the rage though, having streaks back in the day. Like. I never had streaks. You see? just bleached see, your whole head. My, my mum was a hairdresser, like <sighs> by trade. Yeah. So she was always like, your hair's going to look beautiful. Like I was a kid at school that everyone asked me what gel I use. Like all the <laughs> mums would come up and go, what <laughs> gel do you use? And I'm like, new wave. And they're like, oh, the pink one, now the purple. <laughs> um, and it's been a minute since I've used gel, but. <laughs> I'm like, I always had like funky hairstyles, mohawk, spiky hair, like everything going on. But then last year through COVID, I watched the last dance, the Michael Jordan doco. Yeah. And Dennis Rodman was rocking the leopard print hair. So yeah, I got the back and sides of my head dyed leopard print. Really? Yeah, I'll show That's you some photos so after. Sick, yeah. And it went from like a traditional leopard to a snow leopard the second time I got it done and like got it a bit wider. Spice it up Which a bit. was more of a vibe. And then I got my whole head dyed bleach blonde. That's amazing. You've had quite, I feel like we need to get a series through Let's the get years. a series. Well, in the edit, we'll get a series going on here. <laughs> Okay, amazing. But, but it's funny how we transform. And looking back, it's always a bit cringy. Yeah, I know. And like now a lot of the old trends are starting to come back as mm. well. Like if you look, um, I mean, I'm not really a fashionista, but I mean, all like the fashion trends, it's all going back to like that real 90s vibe. And it I feel is. like it just kind of like circulates over and over again. You know, you know what I love? Like I feel like we're in a space now in 2021 where we're getting, we're getting more comfortable. I wouldn't say we're really comfortable, but... To touch on what we were sort of talking about before I completely cut you <laughs> off and derailed it. Um, we're getting better at really expressing who we are and yeah. like what we love and not worrying too much about what the rest of the world thinks. Mm. And I feel like that's why I really challenge myself to be vulnerable behind the mic and to yeah. share who I am because I always think there's probably at least one person out there who will get something out of hearing that. Yeah. And even if that's the smallest thing, like there's a jumper that they've just been scared to wear out in public and they're like, I'm going to wear that tomorrow because I really like it. Like that sounds so simple and silly, but I know that's so true for so yeah. many people. Yeah. Just the confidence to walk outside of your home and be who you are. Mm. At the end of the day, like we're all putting on a mask or so many people put on a mask on social media mm. or whether they're out in the world. And I feel like that only, it only beats down who you are a little bit more inside of you and eventually it becomes harder to, to let that out of the cage. Yeah, so. that's so true. And that's something that I always try and do as well. And I always think, yeah, if you can help one person, that's your job done. Because so you say like it's something so small, but that can completely change someone's life. And I think like, just think about how refreshing it is when you go on social media and you see someone who is real and is authentic. You're like, it's like a breath of fucking fresh air, 100%. you know? And it's, it's so important. Like I never use filters on anything that I post and I'm very, very strict on that as well because 
there's just so much crap out there and like Mm. everything that you see especially being a female as well like it's fucking hard like you're constantly faced with the opportunity to compare yourself to others but then you've got to use your little bullshit detector and think hang on a second is a person really going to look this perfect or has that been edited has that been filtered and I don't know like I have worked as you said before I've worked in marketing worked in social media and I've seen firsthand like the lengths that people will go to it's fucked up and i'm like scary isn't it we are all human like and it's it's something as simple as people never showing the texture on their skin like i've got about 10 mozzie bites on my face right now and i don't give a fuck like who cares like not everything needs to be airbrushed and curated to the point where it's perfect like we're all fucking human and Mm. we should just be ourselves (laughs) you know what it's it's funny you say about the texture of your skin because i was thinking about it recently like I i never use filters probably one because I'm fucking way too lazy I'm like it takes way too long but secondly because I'm like well I am who I am and ultimately especially in a place like Wollongong like everyone knows everyone you're gonna see me in the street if I look different online it just what what does that do for me like having a different presence or a different look online yeah I am who I am and I can't change that and Mm -hmm. I'm proud of it and I love it and I've got heaps of scars like scars on my face from like acne and I'm like, fuck, it's just who you are. It adds yeah. character. Like, if we all look the same, it'd be a bit boring, wouldn't it? Like, Absolutely. It, your body and your skin, it tells a story about where you've been. Yeah, be wow, fucking put wears Wally. that on Wally. a fucking t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> be fucking wears Wally. Stand out from the crowd, you know? Like, and, and allow it that if people look and they they find you, like, it's fucking exciting that they feel mm. like they can come out of their skin too. Yeah. And it's just the standard of the world we live in now, unfortunately, where we've become so used to that. to take a brief moment of your time in between today's amazing interview to talk about my good friend Dylan's new coaching business. Make it count performance or as we call it in short MICP strives to build clients into strong and resilient individuals. You see nothing comes easy but if you consistently put in the effort and persist Dill guarantees that you'll come out better on the other end. The goal is to educate you and put you on the right track to achieve your goals. Make It Count Performance specializes in strength and conditioning for athletic performance, specifically for runners, but also general strength, hypertrophy training and body composition. All of us can achieve extraordinary things, you just have to believe in yourself. And to get you started on that journey, I guarantee you that Dylan is the man for the job. So head to the link in the description for their website and for their socials and get behind an incredible coach and an incredible new business with great morals and ethics and I know that I will be in prep for my new marathon so I'm excited shout out to Dill get behind make account performance Greg and Sharon Flood are the owners of Inspect Wollongong their job to provide you with a building and pest report identifying the good and the bad in each property and giving you the necessary advice to move forward Keen property investors themselves, Greg and Sharon love helping anyone who's keen to get into the market. And it all begins with a home that will stand the test of time. Get in touch with Inspect Wollongong via the contact details in the show notes. It's sad. It is really sad. It's sad. Let's talk about, you said you've got the love of your life, Mr. Matt Rains. I'll admit, when I first seen his name on Instagram... I thought it was, I've got a mate that's Matt with one T. Yeah. So I thought it was Matt Trains because oh he's a God, trainer. Oh my God, so did I. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So literally when I met him, we met at the gym. So cute. He was yeah. working there. And one day I was randomly just like, I am so over my gym. I'm going to change. And it was when I was in my year of like, fuck man, I'm going to be an independent woman. And I walk into this gym and I saw him and I was like, oh fuck, we might have to change our plans. Anyways, then I stalked him on Instagram and I found him and I was like, oh, Matt Trains. That's like so clever, really punny. And then I went up to him at the gym and I was like, hey, Matt Trains. And he just like looked at me like, who the fuck is this psycho? Anyways, then I I shooted, I shot my shot. Oh my God, I can't even speak. Yeah, that's um, a weird. That's how I shoot my shot. Yeah. But I don't know how to say that yeah, in, like in past, past yeah. tense. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways. So I did one of his classes at the gym <laughs> and then I strategically stayed back afterwards and like went over to him and put my hand on his shoulder and I was like, hey, like I'm just having some pain in my knee. Can you just like touch it and see? And then his face was 
Oh, wait, there is. I was going to say, you can't. See. If you listen to the podcast, you can't see me, but I'm pulling a face right now. He was just like, what the fuck? Why is this chick touching me? But that was my strategy because I was like, we can have a physical moment. It obviously worked. Yeah, it really did. It really did. If you ask him, he's going to say that he made the move, but no, fuck off. It okay. was me. It was me. Um, wait, <laughs> did you have a question? I just went on a tangent. Um, what I was going to do, I was going to talk about Matt, but then I was going to talk about, so how long have you guys been together now? Almost three years. Wow. So that's a good stint. So you've not really had like the experience of dating in your twenties. Um, I have. <laughs> a little bit at the beginning. Pardon? A little bit at the beginning well, of your twenties. Well, I was like, I'm a serial relationshiper. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about that. Cause okay. I'm not. Really? Okay. All right. <clears throat> let's, let's divulge. So I'll, I'll be vulnerable with my position here. So sure. 25. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I can really say I've been in a proper relationship because I don't think I have. Mm. And it's not because I'm a, like, I'm not a bit of a fuck boy either. And like, that's every dude says that, right? But this is me being really honest. And I've, sp- I've spoken about it on one pod before. Mm. Because of my health, I really struggled with the concept of time and my relationship with time. Where really, until I was probably 22, 23, like the, the fear of being in a relationship that wasn't right, like committing to someone long-term was like, what happens if I spend two years with this person? They become such a big part of my life. I dedicate so much time. Then it doesn't work out and I've lost that two years with my family. Like it was a really negative mindset yeah. that ultimately seen most of the relationships I'd form stop within like 12 weeks. Mm. And like, I just like my mates used to say, you've got like a fucking 12 week time cap. Like you need to sort your shit out. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but it's because at that point it starts to get serious, right? And I've gotten better with that, but I've never been into like, I've, I've never been, I've been on a dating app for two minutes mm. and I was just like, oh, I don't like this vibe. Like yeah. it just, it almost felt like it was, there were too many options of like, I could see how people get in this thing of just scrolling and like yeah. not giving anyone a chance. Yeah. And I was like, I got to delete that straight away. Cause I just like, I felt like that was not a good, that was not good for my mental health personally. I know mm. it works. Like I've had some mates who have met the love of their life yeah. on dating apps. And I think it's amazing. But for me personally, it just like I'm more of a meet them in person, really connect and have a great vibe and yeah. like almost I'm almost dive into the friend zone, like fucking hustle my way out of it kind of guy. <laughs> but I feel like in this world with the dating apps, it's like it's hard to form long term relationships because there's always so many options. Yeah, definitely. And the grass is always greener, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like the, the paradox of choice, it's called. And like, I too know a lot of people who've met on Tinder. I've been to a couple of Tinderella weddings, but dating. I like that, Tinderella yeah. weddings. We're <laughs> fucking that... shouting out everyone. I here know. Today. Tinder, if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, yeah, please reach out. <laughs> jump on it um but yeah no like i remember before i met matt i was on dating apps for a little bit as well and i was just like it just goes nowhere like there's for me personally in my experience there was never any substance to the conversations i was having and like mm. i hated it when you'd match with someone and they'd be like hey i'm like really like fucking ask me something else and like don't come at me with do you like pineapple and pizza because that's literally they probably googled like how to start a tinder conversation yeah. like not a vibe um so yeah i don't know like i'm very similar to you in that i like to connect with people face to face like you're obviously an amazing talker and an amazing listener i'm very much the same as well so i just never really vibed with meeting people in that way too and like judging someone off their four photos or whatever it is or the way that intelligently yeah and it's always strategic there's always a fucking the dog you got to have a dog this is guys this is hot tips If, if you're on tinder this is what you need to do pick with a dog Maybe a group shot to show that you're not a narcissist. Holding a fish, that's always a classic photo. <laughs> it is, and isn't it? And then maybe one with a baby, but you've got to say in your bio, not my kid. Yeah. That's how, that's a formula to being yeah. a fuckboy on Tinder. <clears throat> and usually, like, I feel like festival photos would make their way in there oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, like maybe a rig shot if, if, yeah. you, if you want to chuck that oh, in. Oh, there won't be any the rig works. shots for me. It's pretty average. <laughs> <so. laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I never really vibed with the whole online dating space and I would go on dates with people and it would just be like, you know when you instantly know that you just don't connect with someone? Like Mm. whether that be on a romantic day, like with a friend or just like, you know, if you're at a networking event for work, whatever it is, like you know when you vibe with people instantly and I just never felt that. I feel like I'm on The Bachelor. I just, I never had that connection. Um, So I am very fortunate and I feel really grateful that I was able to meet Matt in person. But I think it also comes down to your personality and like the 
the risks that you're willing to take and the uncomfortable situations you're willing to put yourself in. Like, yeah. I don't know, you just got to fucking go for it. Like, no matter what it is, if, if it's dating, if it's, you know, creeping on the gut, not creeping, if it's, you know, hitting on the trainer at the gym. Like, I just always think with anything in my life, what's the worst thing that can happen? And if the worst thing that can happen really isn't that bad, I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just do it. But see, here's the thing, right, for most people. And so I've spoken about it. I won't tell the story again because a lot of people heard it on the Hugh Sheridan podcast. I spoke about a date that I went on with a girl I actually really liked. And I just, like, completely, it was like the third time we'd caught up, I completely shot my shot and, like, really opened up about, like, the good qualities I've seen in her and why yeah. I thought there was potential there because I spent a lot of my time trying to figure out whether she liked me mm. so I didn't have to bruise my own ego of saying that I did and ultimately we haven't caught up since <laughs> but we've still got a great relationship yeah. and we still vibe as mates but for me I'm like that ego is usually what stops people from doing what you've done with Matt right yeah. that oh what if he tells a couple people at the gym that but ultimately like who cares yeah. Like, how many times are you letting yourself down by being worried about what other people think, mm -hmm. by shelling up inside of yourself because you're scared what the rest of the world will think? Like, imagine you having never made a TikTok. Yeah. Because, like, oh, what happens if I get grilled in the comment section? Yeah. Like, far out. Like, look at the world of opportunity that's opened up to you post that. Yeah. It's the same for me with this. Yeah. Like, if I was scared of releasing episode one, well, we wouldn't be sitting here recording 84. So Absolutely. there's so much amazing thing that comes, so many amazing things I should say that come from opening yourself up and allowing the world to see you for who you really are Definitely. and being okay with whatever the negative or positive consequences of that are, which aren't ever really that negative yeah. if you're a good person and you're intense good. Yeah, and I think like no matter what you're doing, that you're always going to cop criticism from people. But the way I see it, especially when it comes to social media, if I ever cop negative stuff online, like my rule is just block and delete them. Like don't give yeah. people the time or energy because like you said, you're just doing what, what you want to do. You're being you and that is always going to be a reflection of their insecurities and they're projecting that onto you. So I just block and delete unless I get one that I think of a funny response to. And I will yeah. always put a comedy spin on it um, unless <laughs> I've got like three different sub <laughs> clause C is that um, if someone says something that I think if say if like a younger person was to see that and that could be really damaging I've heard you talk about to them, this, yeah. that is when I will publicly say something about it. I don't believe in name and shame. I don't think that's helpful at all because if you're going to name and shame someone, how does that make you any better than them? Because yeah. what that does, especially, you know, no matter how big your audience is, obviously people care about you and they're going to then go after whatever user, one, two, three, four, five, whoever said something nasty to me. So I um, am very sure of myself and I think that when you have a platform, you have a responsibility no matter whether you have 100 followers 100,000 followers it doesn't matter like everybody needs to take responsibility for what they're doing online and if I ever get a comment um, for example I got one a couple of weeks ago about my body and I was like I could have blocked and delete but I was like you know what if younger me was to see that they would be they I would be <laughs> I would be really upset and really hurt and then that would negatively impact me like it's kind of like a domino effect but I was like you know what I'm gonna take this opportunity to spread that message and like you've just got to stay true to who you are in all of the messaging that you put Definitely. out there like it wouldn't be on brand or wouldn't be true to the person that I am to be like fuck this person how dare you say that well guess what you're ugly as well because that's not gonna get you anywhere just yeah. like call out their behavior but then also provide some like practical tips for that person on like hey here's how you can do things better in the future and always empathize with people like whether it be online or whatever if someone does something shitty to you it's genuinely always going to be coming from a place of hurt for them internally and as hard as it is sometimes when people really fucking piss you off and push your buttons you've got to think like how sad is that that this person's gone out of their way to try and do this to me like they must be going through some really shitty times times right now just take it in your stride and fucking move on I love that. The I end. love that. <laughs> very similar to the way that I handle it when yeah. I keep my composure, which is most of the time. And I've had very few, so I'm lucky. I'm lucky in that sense. Let's talk about the creative juices. Yeah. Firstly, I want to touch on if someone's listening to this or watching this and hearing about you for the first time, if they were to come to your TikTok, what can they expect? <laughs> well, uh, language warning, definitely. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of swearing. Um, 
Honestly, like my content, I don't have a niche at all. Like it's all over the shop, um, which I think that is a reflection of the person that I am because I'm mm. pretty random and I have like a lot of interest. So if they were to come to my page, I would show you would just see my everyday life, um, just the trials and tribulations of trying to be 20 something and navigate this fucked up world. Um, also, you might see some little Margot Robbie dress ups in there when I yeah. feel like it. Um, but in terms of like creative juices, <laughs> love that. Previously, like when I first started TikTok, I was at, I saw that the Margot dress up videos were getting like quite a bit of traction. And I was like, oh, okay. Like obviously there's some potential here. Yeah. People really like that. But it got to a point very quickly where I was like, this doesn't make me happy. Like, yeah. and I thought that people are coming here just because of that. They're like, they just want to see me do the dress ups and like, the type of people that that was attracting, like in terms of audience, I was like, this just is not a vibe. I just really don't like it. So then slowly I started to transition to just being me. And I think with any platform, there's always going to be a hook, what gets people in, yeah. right? But then they're going to stay for you. So with you, for example, like I came to your podcast because I saw that Blake was on it and he shared it on his story. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a listen. And I didn't stay because of Blake, because of the hook. I'm here because of you. And I like your outlook on life and the way that you do you know we just vibe together so too sweet that's important you know you've got to if you are thinking about like heading into a space and creating content like figure out what works and then once you've got that down pat then you can just do whatever makes you fucking happy because it comes down to the authenticity like if you're creating content that you don't vibe with people are going to be able to see that and then mm. you're not going to be happy with what you're doing like and life's too fucking short you don't want to be making these videos that don't bring you any joy or any fulfillment like for me what i like doing is i like making people laugh because that makes me really yeah. fucking happy and like, you're very good at it i must say <laughs> thank you very much I, and, and i love how like you spoke about content that is very much based on the trials and tribulations of your life and it is so easy to relate to the stuff that you talk about <laughs> because i i can speak to every one of those videos almost with an experience or multiple experiences of how i've been in that situation i love when you spoke about um driving in the car and someone doesn't put a blinker on. Oh, I yeah, yeah. That's You spoke about blinker indicator, and I think that's so interesting because I say that all the time. I'm like, fucking, where's your blinker, you fuckwit? Like, <laughs> and, like, I just feel like it's so relatable to watch your stuff and go, I've been there, I've done that, I know that. It's a shared and experience where, like, I can feel this frustration with you. Definitely, and that's what makes it great. I think that's what makes a great comedian or a great um, content creator in any space is where the audience know exactly what's going down. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard a lot of comedians talk about that, going to different places. And and I think when you try to relate to certain um, groups of people, whether that be racially um, based on what their religious beliefs are, that's where it gets like really clouded where some people won't understand. So mm. like I've heard African-American comedians talk about being in front of other African-Americans and talking about those things that like are part of your common household when you grow up in your culture. Yeah. And then saying those jokes to white people who are just like, what is happening right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then vice versa where white people will say it and they're like, well, that's different to how we grew up. It's not relatable. But I feel like when you find the relatable experiences of life, that's where everyone just gets the best time out of it. Yeah, for so sure. So I think you do a very good job of that. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, like, you got to know your audience, I guess. Like, you, yeah. yeah, it's important to be authentic, but with, like, anything in marketing or on, in social media, if you are wanting to grow, like, it is important to know who exactly you're trying to speak to. Um, yeah, and that which we spoke about before. Yeah, 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 and that doesn't mean that what you do has to be super curated and planned, because, like we've said a hundred times, like, just be authentic and just be real. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, like, 50% of my audience is Australian, which is, like, a, a lot of the Aussie creators have a big US audience. But yes. mine is, like, yeah, a lot of a lot of Aussies. So people just like me just talking about normal shit, and it's a vibe. That's amazing. <laughs> I love when you done. I, I was watching a few of your videos this morning, and you done one. Yeah, exactly. It's just great research. <laughs> when you done the American accent oh, yeah. at the start, and then you're like, "Here's my best Aussie accent." Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Fuck, that's so smart," because I reckon a lot of people would just not realise if that's the first video yeah. they see. So yeah, that was like one of my one of my formats that I've been doing lately. So like, I start off with an American accent, and I have been getting fucking roasted for, by some people for how shitty my American accent is and i was like okay. i don't give a fuck like and everyone's like full getting triggered in the comments being like she's australian i'm like it's who yeah. cares it's still a 
funny yeah, joke. Yeah, settle down. But I know. I'm like, calm down, Karen. Um, yeah. But no, people really enjoy those videos, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll keep doing them. This is funny. Yeah. So um, yeah. Any, uh, what did I do? I did one for when you're driving in the car, and that was when the controversy started about blinker versus indicator. It's definitely blinker. Oh, I say blinker as well, and everyone's like, it's indicator. I'm like, mm, it's actually yeah, blinker. Okay, but... boomer. <laughs> yeah, maybe back in fucking 1935. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I second that. Blinker for sure. I want to talk about when you put the business power suit on, and in your professional life. Yeah. You are in marketing, as we sort of touched on. There's been a nice little closing of one chapter and beginning of a new one. Let's talk about that. Yeah. When you said business power suit, I was like, did I make a video when I was wearing a suit? But now yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exciting times. As I kind of touched on earlier, a lot of changes happening in my life at the moment. Obviously, I've just moved house. So physically, my fa- my space is changing. But I've also just quit my nine to five job too, Amazing. which is something that we've spoken about. Um, so I was working in social media marketing for a big fitness brand. And that was really incredible. I was there for about a year and prior to that I was also working in social media but just in a different environment um, and I just kind of got to this point where like the industry that I was in like the fitness world it just didn't really align with me anymore like yeah. yes I'm gonna sneeze oh no oh it's gonna go away okay we're good um, <laughs> so fitness is a big part of my life but working in that industry it just wasn't a vibe for me anymore and i had been thinking about kind of like taking the leap for a while and branching out and doing my own thing for social media marketing and like content creation and everything like that but um i was really scared obviously like it's a big decision to make as you would totally be able to relate to and it's really funny that sometimes it just takes for one person to say something and everything instantly clicks and it was a friend of a friend who kind of gave me like some great words of affirmation, which is one of my love languages, um, just about like the potential that he saw in me. And he didn't even really know me as well, which is I think why it meant a lot. Like he was a lay person on the outside looking into my life and my situation. And he was able to provide such great advice. And I was like, yeah. holy shit. And it was in that moment, I was like, I'm not happy here anymore. Like I love the people that I work with. And obviously I love social media. It wasn't like the work that I was doing. It was just the industry that I was in. Uh, and that was like, exactly that speaks to me so much because I said that the other night. I love the people I worked with. I love the vibe of their office, and I loved helping people in the in the role that I had. But ultimately, I didn't love the industry anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said a hundred times, you've got to do what makes you happy. Life's too fucking short. So I just made the decision. Like I spoke to all my the important stakeholders in my life, which is my sisters and Matt as well, and like my best friend who I'm living with now. And the crazy thing was that like nobody told me not to do it. Everyone was so supportive and they were like, dude, I can't believe you haven't done this sooner. Um, so I went into work that Monday and I could not sleep the night before. I was so nervous. Like, and then I had, I, um, the HR girl literally walked past me and I chased her down the hallway. I was like, oh my God, like, can I, can I talk to you for a second? And then I went in and I was really nervous to have the conversation. But then when I was sitting in there with her and she just remained so calm when I was like rambling yeah. on, I was like, Oh, so I've been like, you know, I've been thinking about this, but then my energy instantly changed when I saw that, like, this is the normal thing. Like, it's okay. People leave jobs. You need to move on at the end of the day. You need to do what's best for you. Like, regardless of how much you love your little work family, cause it does become like that. They it become does. your family after a while. Um, and yeah, everyone in the workplace was really supportive of my decision too. And like, it's really cool to see, how much others believe in you. Like I find that like, it's like really affirming and like, cause you know, everybody struggles with confidence from time to time. Like imposter syndrome is such a big thing. So once I made that decision, I was like, holy fuck, like this is happening. And then- Isn't it the biggest weight just lifted off your shoulders? It was crazy. And so then I had four weeks where I finished um, up at my job. I haven't even said what I'm doing. I'm just rambling. Anyway, so I finished up at my job and like my last day was so emotional. I was a wreck. Like obviously I was excited about my next chapter, yeah. but at the same time I was like, oh my God, this is huge. Like, and I'm, I feel things on like a very high level. I'm very emotional and like I, form really deep connections with people Mm. as well. Um, But you know, I'm super grateful for my time that I had there and I've grown so much as a person and like professionally as well. So I've taken the leap and now I'm starting up my own little boutique agency doing all things social media management, marketing strategy, digital content creation, pretty much everything to do with marketing and online. It's really fucking exciting. Like it's it's terrifying, but also it's not, I don't know. And it's so you, like I think, you are, like we said, we've got so many similarities in our personality. You strike me as someone that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I very well could be, 
as someone who might find it hard to be an employee. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I fucking struggle. I was the biggest rat bag employee. Yeah. Like, I, like I said, I love my old work fam and we've still got great relationships. I yeah. hosted an event the other night, we emceed it, and they were all there. And I spoke about to the crowd about being the biggest rat bag of an employee because I hated like having, having to wear like real estate clothes. I would just rock up in jeans and yeah. sneakers and t-shirts and tattoos which is so not real estate i was a black sheep of real estate in wollongong <laughs> but huge credit to them because they let me be me and ultimately our relationship is probably even better now because yeah. the last six months of that and you spoke about being emotional and, and a bit worked up when you gave them the news i remember like sitting down with my boss and like i had two like really close bosses who i work closely with and one of them was away and I just couldn't wait for him to get back yeah. another week because I was so emotionally drained and just worn out from turning up for months and months on end. Like I tried so hard to fall in love with real estate again yeah. and I couldn't. Mm. And that was like a six month process. And ultimately when I told him the news, I was quite emotional. Like I felt like I was tearing up because not because of the fact that I was leaving, but the fact that I was getting this weight off my shoulders, which had just been just pushing me down for months and months and, they were so supportive and that's a great feeling to have their support and their backing when you walk away. Yeah, definitely. And I just know because of the personality you are, you're going to do so well in your own space now. Thank you. And I'm very excited for you. You've obviously built an incredible audience with your TikTok and your Instagram that I know all of the skill sets that you have are they're almost they shine through in who you are as a creator. Oh, stop so, it. You're so sweet. No, Thank you. It's just just honest. So I'm just just freestyling with some real honesty here and yeah, I feel like you're gonna do great. So, what is? Do you have a business name yet? <laughs> no. Okay. It's so hard, that's the thing. isn't it? It's yeah. really hard. And like, I feel like because my real name is Star, my middle name is Anise, Star Anise, like the herb. Yeah. Oh, if you want to know all my siblings' names, we can get to that. There's seven of them. Um, but wow. I feel like my name Star is like too good not to use. Definitely. In the business name. So I'm like, maybe we can do a little workshop when we get lunch later yeah, and go through some things. But I think, yeah, it's like, it's really been helpful to bounce things off other people. And like, I'm surrounded by so many freaking incredible people in my life and yeah. everybody's had such a unique experience. And like, just being able to like ask questions about business, like shit that I would have no fucking idea about. Like, you know, so it's yeah. really good to just lean on your support network around you or even people that aren't directly in your support network. That's something that I've found has been really beneficial, not just with like business, just with anything. Like with TikTok, I would reach out to all the big creators and be like, hey, like you've got to build those networks because that's what's ultimately going to help you grow a lot as well. And it's going to like push you to develop new skills and, you know, all, all of that jazz. So yeah, I can't remember why I started saying this, but just talk I'm to actually, people. <laughs> I'm actually interested on that. So aside from mine, because I know you'll probably say mine to be nice, but it's definitely not. Favorite podcast, favorite yeah. YouTube creator and favorite like short, like TikTok or Insta creator. Yeah. Okay. I'm interested to hear. All right. So favorite podcast. I am like a really big podcast listener. Obviously, I'm not going to say that's yours because, like, that's going to be lame. Um, so I really – oh, favourite. This is hard. Okay, so it depends what kind of mood I'm in. So I really like the Life Uncut podcast, which is the, is the Laura Byrne and Brittany Hockley. So the um, Bachelor ba – Yeah, the girls, girls from yeah. The Bachelor. But it's very similar to this, like, very conversational. Yeah. I, I love podcasts where I put them I put them in my ears and I feel like I'm in the room with them. Like, yeah, that, amazing. to me, is what makes me connect with a podcast. That's why I vibe with yours so much as yeah. well. I was like, it just, just sounds like some mates having a chat about life, which is really good. Um, favorite YouTube creator. I really like Emma Chamberlain. I'm fucking on an oh Emma Chamberlain God. binge. Me too. I literally only really found her like maybe four weeks ago and I was like, I'm, I'm the fucking same. obsessed with her. So everyone kept particularly like a lot of the girls, <clears throat> my voice changes so much yes, about this podcast. George Clooney is back. George is back. Um, a lot of my like girl mates said to me, Emma Chamberlain's amazing. And then Gracie just kept hemming, hammering me. She's like, gotta watch Emma Chamberlain and I was like okay I'm kind of like gonna start vlogging and jumping into that space a little bit so I was like I'm gonna watch her to see what she does she's obviously really popular and I fucking love that she's so much like she's so herself yeah it's easy to watch it's very humorous mm -hmm. because she's like she'll burp on camera how good is her she's editing like, as well her editing is great it's almost got like this raw professionalism to it yeah where it's like it makes so much sense in yeah. the moment but she's amazing, so I second that. Yeah, I, I love how she's just so chaotic as well. How old is she? Well. Oh, she's young. She's like literally just turned 20. 
It's wow. wild. Yeah, and she's like in the millions she's, of followers. And like on YouTube. She's got a $4 million she house that she bank. bought. She bank, yeah. She, made it, she bought a $4 million house in LA. Yeah, and she's got like a coffee company as well. So she's just freaking yeah. doing it. And I, I know, like, I feel like I can, I relate to her because she's just really chaotic all over the place. She just picks up the camera and just starts talking about random shit. And she does a little forehead kiss to the camera at yes. the end. I'm like, oh my God, I love this so much. That's so, great because I, I literally give all of my family a forehead kiss before yeah, I go to bed. Yeah, I love that. Um, and what was the last one? My favorite um, favorite TikTok creator or Ooh. Insta creator, either way. Um, oh, this is really hard. Aside from yourself, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, there are some pretty freaking awesome Aussie creators that I've been really fortunate um, to meet. Actually, you know what? She's my Let's... friend, but yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go on. I'm, um, I'm so her TikTok handle is Milligram. She is hilarious. She does like skits and POVs, and she's always dressed up as a teacher. Oh yes, yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. I was just gonna search because that name rang a bell. Yeah, fuck, she's funny. She... The one the other day where she was a teacher and she was sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes the... drop everything and read. I'm like, fuck, I had so many of those teachers. So that's an example of like she. I was following her and I was like, oh my god, this chick is fucking hilarious. And I just like, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna message her. And I just message her, and then we like become friends. You become friends from that. Can we talk about that? That's what I was gonna cut you off about because I'm fucking great at cutting people <laughs> off. Um, I get excited if you can't Same. tell. <laughs> <laughs> you went to a little event the yeah. other day where you collabed with a few TikTok creators. I think that's awesome. We yeah. just don't have enough of that in Australia. And I was speaking with a mate on the phone on Sunday and he said to me, like, I love, if you, if you know me, you know that I fucking love Wollongong with a passion. Like, this is my home. I lived in Melbourne for a year. I miss this like crazy. And I love it here. But I feel like I've got to get outside of Gong a little bit more, mm. just like during my week to connect with people in Sydney. I'm going to Melbourne at the start of next month to connect with some people down there because there's not really many people in Wollongong that do what I do full time. Yeah. So it's so cool seeing like you connect with those people and have that little meetup where so many great ideas, relationships yeah. and just connections come from that, which is so important in this space. Yeah, that event was so sick. So that was actually hosted by TikTok Australia and they cool. sent out invites to all of the, I'm using air quotes, like uh, the comedy creators. I was like, yeah. is, that, is that me? Like, am, am I supposed to be here? Did they send the email to exciting? the wrong person? It was so freaking exciting. Yeah. And when I was there, like we actually got to meet TikTok Australia. And like one of the ladies who worked there, her name's Deb. Shout out to Deb. You're a fucking legend. She ran over to me. She was like, oh my God, I love your content. Can I get a photo That's with right. you? And I was like, this is so surreal. But like they invited all these creators there because it was comedy week and we watched a comedy show. And then after yeah. that, we did a workshop. So literally TikTok stood up on stage. They went through this. Oh, sorry. Well, I just mad. said sorry to the microphone. <laughs> um, went through this whole presentation on comedy and like how to how to be funny and that's vibe yes yeah and like the biggest takeaway a little hot tip from that is repeatable formats when it comes to comedy so kind of like explain that when i do my like this is my impression starting off as american and then going into like a vogue and aussie accent that is a format that works well every time i do it so okay. if you do say you know for you for example if you did a style of podcast you tried something different and it worked really well like cool i'm gonna put a slightly different spin on it but do it again because yeah. you can see you start to pick up the trends and then that mm, can like form you what your future decisions are so um yeah that was so amazing i got to meet so many incredible people and i just felt like such a high sense of appreciation for being there like i said before about imposter syndrome i was like am i even supposed to be here they gave me yeah. a tiktok shirt and i was like oh my god i'm gonna wear this literally every <laughs> single day and it's all like really surreal but it's really cool because the platform where it's at right now like we have so much support from the actual people who work there which you would just never get like you know if yeah. you're on Instagram or like you're on Spotify doing podcasts, like, you know, Spotify isn't going to be like, hey, I'm going to invite 20 people here mm. to come and do this really intimate workshop where we nurture the creators a lot. Um, so yeah, I went to that event completely by myself. I didn't know anyone. And it was really cool because a lot of people did the same thing. Like, and it's, you get like a fair bit of social anxiety when you go to something like yeah, that, definitely. you know, you're just like, I don't know who's going to be there. Who am I going to like find someone to stick with? And it was just like really beautiful energy circulating around the room so um that was like kind of my first i guess like networking event that i went to but i was just like so happy afterwards just had the biggest smile on my face and yeah. like yeah it was really sick bring on more of that hey yeah um, this has been amazing i've listened to the people i've done a survey recently and every one of you amazing listeners and viewers said that you love podcasts that hit about 60 minutes and we just hit an hour and two. Oh my and god i feel like <laughs> it's a timely opportunity 
to close this chat off. Yeah. As I have become very accustomed to doing with some words of wisdom from yourself, <laughs> um, which is a trending um, morning go-to on my Instagram stories. But now it's a part of the podcast format and that format we spoke about. So what are some words of wisdom, particularly if you were speaking to yourself in um, the beginning of your 20s, mm-hmm. something that 26-year-old star knows so well and feels like is a little bit of wisdom she could have passed on to um, the star that turned 20 on her birthday? Oh, 20-year-old me, I was a bit of a rat bag. Um, but I would say just to stop worrying about what other people think. Um, you're never going to be criticised by someone who's doing more than you. So just do what makes you happy and don't act to please others or to, you know, for their benefit. You've got to do what works for you and really get in touch with what makes you happy and just fucking run with it. I love what you said there. You're never going to be criticised by someone who's doing more than you. I think that's a beautiful way to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening, (laughs) viewing. Thank you so much to you. It's so good to have you here. We're about to have a little bit of lunch here at Liam at the HQ and just have a yarn off camera, which I'm pumped for. I hope you guys are enjoying, I guess, the new setup and and you will continue to enjoy it as we dive in. Like I said, I sold my apartment to fund this. So (laughs) I'm diving in deep, Um, but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. That's what life's about. As we said, doing what you love, taking the plunge and you've just taken the plunge. So I'm excited for you. I want to make sure that every single human being listening to this, viewing this, gets the opportunity to come across and find more of you. So instead of getting you to tell them all your links and them having to write them down, it'll all be in the show description. Thank you. And I'm sure we'll have some stuff popping up on the screen if you're watching this. Um, But amazing. Thank you guys so much. Um, Any closing words from you? I want to say keep up the good work legend you're killing it and i can't I wait to watch it. you on your journey too i appreciate it thank you so much big love to you all mm-hmm.